because there really is nothing like putting down a really nice hunt around or a nice at ground where you took all the options and made big moves and it looked effortless. them in on the rail at a jog please on the rail at a jog so we'll just get started if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself yeah uh my name is kirsten ziegler um i've had horses pretty much my whole life i grew up showing the hunter jumper circuit in colorado Um, I never stopped owning horses. I rode through college. Um, I still own my hunter and then I bought a Rainer a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Cool. So you said that you've had horses like your entire life. What, what got you started in the hunter jumpers? Was there anything specific that? Yeah, I think it's just the world I was introduced to first. Um, I, was born in Germany and lived there for six years. And our house was really close to, you know, a stadium. And that was just kind of the thing my parents liked to do is, you know, take some beer over and let the little kid run around and watch the show jumping. And I mean, it's really big over there. And so it was just like, I was exposed to the big jumpers like immediately. Oh, that's awesome. That would definitely be an experience. I feel like as a little kid, just getting able to like watch that, huh? That would be so cool. So you moved to the States when you were six then? Yeah. Um, I was, I think six and a half at that point when we moved to the States and, um, lived in New Mexico for a little bit and then settled in Colorado, which is where I went to all my grade school and graduated high school there. It does seem like Colorado has a pretty robust hunter jumper scene. Especially, I live in Kansas, so compared to especially Kansas, it's like night and day, I feel like. Yeah, I guess when you think of Colorado, you normally wouldn't think of a huge hunter-jumper scene, but it is huge, and it just keeps growing. I feel like there's a horse show every week at the Colorado Horse Park. Yes, I think that's probably a big impetus for how much focus there is on the hunter-jumpers, is that facility specifically. Yeah, I never would have guessed Colorado to be so intricate in the horse world even i don't ever think of horses when i think of colorado interesting kirsten told uh, or kristen sorry you're kirsten told us that you got you made the switch to reining what got you interested in that or what drew you to like make such a switch you know i i guess i've always wanted to like learn as much as i can uh, um just to be a pretty good, well-rounded like horsewoman. And reining always kind of piqued my interest. And then it was, gosh, what I guess it was last year, last March, there was a hunter jumper show. I mean, I, they always schedule it. There's a hunter jumper show and then the cactus classic, the same at the same facility. And I just kind of like went over and watched what I was pretty sure now was the run for a million qualifier. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, um, I want to try this. This looks like fun. And then got connected with our trainer and um, was pretty much hooked immediately and needed to buy a horse like ASAP. 
<laughs> I was like, I'm just going to dive head first. And, you know, I've taken three lessons. I can buy a horse. It's fine. <laughs> I love that. Um, so do you feel like there was like a mental shift you had to make going from like, like hunter jumping to doing a pattern like without jumps? Like what, what is that process like where you have to like memorize a full pattern for raining? Do you feel like it's the same, like with the hunter courses and stuff? I feel like it is pretty similar. I think coming from the hunter jumper background, you know, it's all about your course placement and making decisions throughout that course and also working on the fly with whatever your horse throws at you that day. So that, that shift wasn't really too much of a struggle for me, thankfully. (laughs) I think the, the biggest shift is just realizing what my, um, my muscle memory is doing from the hunter jumper world and how it's getting in the way of me riding my rainer correctly. I think that's been the hardest thing to shut off and back on. I assume there's probably a pretty big learning curve going from large English bred horses and an English saddle to a shorter Western bred, Western moving horse and saddle and the different styles of riding was, I know you said like the muscle memory was something that you had to kind of relearn, but did you find moving to a Western saddle pretty natural for you or was that another struggle in itself? It was actually a pretty seamless transition. I kind of felt like even from the beginning, I was very comfortable switching disciplines. And I think I always just want to be like (laughs) really good at something immediately, like most of us do. So (laughs) I was very kind of critical and tried to watch a lot of other people ride and kind of see what they were doing and then taking it back and kind of realizing, you know, how my position and stuff needs to change. And I also have a really good trainer who helped (laughs) me with that transition, but it gets easier every ride. The switch is becoming a lot more natural and the muscle memory is now attaching to each discipline instead of just like this little mess (laughs) (laughs) of what is what. Even though the basics are very similar, I feel like the, the reigning horses are just like the cues are so subtle my hunter jumper horse he's just like you kind of you have to ask for it and if you do something on accident it's not gonna like completely mess him up so what has been um like the hardest thing then on the switch or do you go back so you still show hunter jumpers right what is the hard part about when you go from one to the other Honestly, the harder switch is going from my rainer back to my hunter because I have to go find jump distances and I'm used to then the 14 hand stride. So that from the rainer to the hunter is harder than the hunter to the rainer. So my striding's a little messed up. I have to kind of get back into my rhythm to finding my good distances. And I'm also a little bit more <laughs> like forgiving on myself and my horse when I'm like, I ask for a lead change and it takes like a stride or two for it to happen. I'm like used to being like this. I feel like my rainer like raised the bar for my hunter. So I've, you know, he's not getting away with crap anymore. (laughs) And I expect stuff to happen and there's going to be no nonsense. So I think he's a little mad at me, but it's for the better. (laughs) I love it. So when you decided that you were going to try raining and then you took the three lessons, what was your experience like horse shopping like 
was it completely different than what you would normally do for like your hunter jumper horses? Like how did that experience go for you? Um, it's kind of hard to say because I haven't bought a lot of horses. Like we still own all the horses that we've had my entire life, which is four. Um, so I haven't had to do a whole lot of shopping and I bought my hunter when I was in college and like my budget was super low and like I got him just from the lady who bred him and he was like hardly broke and super sweet. So it was a totally different experience just shopping for like something that had been out there and done the thing. And I thought it was super easy. I only tried two horses, so I didn't get to go and like sample everything. Yeah. I just rode two horses and then picked Martini because he was the obvious choice and I loved him. So fortunately it worked out that way. I didn't have to try a bunch. When I tried my hunters, I think I tried nine in one day and he was the last one. I was like this one. Wow. Yeah. That that would be a long day. Wow. Yeah, it was a long day. I think my mother-in-law still hates me for it because we didn't eat like the whole time. <laughs> I was like, we have a schedule to keep. I have to, can't make people wait. <laughs> Fine so, when you're the one that's shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you said mother-in-law, is your husband involved with horses as well? Yeah. So my mother-in-law is technically my hunter jumper trainer. She's in New Mexico though. So we just kind of like, she tunes me up when I need it. <laughs> But otherwise, I just train with him in my backyard, which is really great. And my husband did do the um, hunter jumper stuff uh, growing up. He did, I think, he'll probably say I'm wrong, but like up to the meter 35 jumpers. Um, And he had a pretty successful junior career, um, but kind of got out of it when he went to college and his mare retired and just never really got back into it. That's pretty cool. What have you actually competed at in the hunter jumpers or do you do more jumpers and hunters or both or I don't really like to go fast full speed at jumps and prey so I like the hunter and eck rings the best I like <laughs> mm-hmm. to make it look pretty and accurate um which so no surprise that I wanted to do kind of raining and not like barrel racing so um I did like children's hunters growing up and then I pretty much have stayed within that like three foot to three, three. Um, I've been doing some two, six stuff. It's just hard to get out there and like keep a three foot horse fit or three, six horse fit <laughs> when working full time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of doing what I can now. And uh, hopefully I'll be showing Leo next year some more. Cool. I don't know if this would be an, a good question because it sounds like you like both of your disciplines that you're doing, but have you came up with a favorite? Like, do you prefer one over the other now? It's so hard to say because there really is nothing like putting down a really nice hunt around or a nice at ground where you took all the options and made big moves and it looked effortless. I want to say I I leave, I'm usually happier at the end of my raining runs, but the hunter jumper stuff, it's e- either way. It depends because my my hunter is also a little quirky. So he can piss me off a lot more often than my (laughs) Rainer will. So I call my Rainer my vacation pony, Martini, because I just like to go out and have a good time on him. And Leo, you never know what button he's going to push. But when he's great, he's great. So (laughs) maybe give me a different horse to put down a really good jump round on. And I'd probably pick that because there's nothing like flying 
but there's also like a sliding stop is about the same adrenaline rush. So (laughs) can you go into detail about like your first like reining maneuver, like maybe the sliding stop? Because I personally have never done any type of reining maneuver and I've always thought it would be amazing. Could you give our listeners like a, like a first count of you doing a sliding stop? Well, my first maneuver that I like kind of learned was like the the spins because I could do that on any horse and I didn't do them on Martini on a well a stop on Martini until I had them for like a month. I remember this specifically because we were getting ready to go to a show and I was like, I haven't stopped this horse yet. How am I going to go show next week? <laughs> so I was low key panicking, but then I was like, trust Patrick, he knows what's best. And I think I just kind of had to try not to get in Martini's way. I was like, he knows what he's supposed to do. And I'm just going to hopefully just feel it when it's right. (laughs) And I think it was just gaining the confidence because I thought I was flying down there at Mach 10 and sliding really far. And I was like loping hardly faster, like a slow circle. And um, it's just been building the confidence, but it was never really, you know, too daunting to me. Maybe it it just, I don't know, it just came naturally. I feel like I got a little peeved because I, I am kind of known for bringing all my hunter jumper friends out for raining lessons <laughs> so that they can have some fun. And I got annoyed because my one friend, she's come with me like three or four times and she got to stop and like do like a full rundown. And I was like, I had to take like 12 lessons before I got to do this. <laughs> Like and buy a horse. Like, you get to experience it for fun, like right off the bat. I was a little jealous, but it's fun. We lived. I think it's on all of our bucket lists as horse people to ride a rainer, you know, at some point in time. And you know, I say the same about like a Grand Prix dressage horse. That would be amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, cutting horse and I would love to say a show jumper too, but you obviously have to have some skill and talent to be able to pilot those things around the course. So yeah. yeah, cool to live vicariously through you guys that have done it all. <laughs> yes. I always say that on my bucket list, I have a cutting horse and a reining horse that I would just love like one time just to say I've done it. And I don't, I don't know if I would ever want to jump. Um, I barely want to show in my hunt seat saddle. So jumping just does not, I don't think it and I would get along very well. So I'll leave it all to you ladies, but cool. So when was, when did you, you said a year ago you bought Martini. How many shows have you been able to attend then raining? I think we've done, let me count five now. I think we're at five. Is the run for a million one of those five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you, was that like your ultimate goal when you bought or got into raining? Like what made you decide to go to that show? It wasn't really a goal. It kind of happened by accident. It was at the Mother's Day slide. I had just taken a zero in my last run to um, school Martini and it was not planned. It was not a planned schooling run, but he needed it. And we get done and my trainer's like, so I'm entering you in the qualifier tomorrow. (laughs) I was like, great. Just put a zero down. I'm feeling great about this. It's going to be fine. (laughs) And then we qualified like super easily at the next day. And I wasn't super, you know, like I really want to go. 
because I'm one of those people that I also don't like to show for fun. I like to show and be really competitive. And I didn't want to go if I thought I was going to be really bad and like embarrassing. Um, of course, our run didn't go as planned because Martini decided he wanted to be a dressage horse and do extra lead changes. But besides that, um, it was, yeah, I thought it was a good goal to have. And it was a lot of fun to work towards it. And besides our one little mishap, I was really happy with our run. And my goal was always to kind of ride really confidently and do just the best I could and just not have any regrets about it. That's definitely always important is to just give it your best. Um, Can you tell us like maybe walk through what you do to prepare like for your shows? Like while you're there, um, do you ride? And then what, what is the process of getting a reigning horse ready versus your hunter? I feel like it's pretty similar. Um, We just kind of, I schooled him personally and then the assistant would kind of school him when needed um, just to make sure that everything was, you know, finely tuned and he was ready to go. But we kind of ran through all the maneuvers and made sure everything was nice and snappy and where it was supposed to be and that we were comfortable on the footing. Um, I know a lot of horses were having trouble on the footing because it was a little slick, but fortunately Martini's shown in that um, pen before on that same dirt. So I wasn't really too worried about him you know, not knowing his environment. And I was just really able to kind of focus on me. Is Martini fairly experienced? Like, did do you feel like he kind of has taught you the reigning? Yeah. Uh, he has definitely had a pretty successful show career before I bought him. He He's now seven. I bought him when he was six. And he was like, really, I don't know. I'd have to look up his actual scores. But he did pretty good in the futurity um, that year. And he was definitely, you know, up there. <laughs> he, he's a great guy. Um, he needed some tuning up, of course, when we got him. And so we've been um, just working hard to kind of get him where I where I need him. But he hasn't been just like a sit there and like nothing to work on type. <laughs> There's always like something that needs to be fine tuned or, you know, addressed, which has been great because I don't really like to sit there. I get bored. So I need a little bit of a project. <laughs> so is there um, anything that you do in particular to mentally prepare yourself? Like what it, what gets you in the show phase? Visualizing helps me a lot. Um, I go through my, my patterns and just break it down and not only memorize, but, you know, visualize exactly where I'm going to be making different cues I mean, we can only prepare so much. There's always going to be something thrown your way that is unexpected in the show pen. It's just without fail. And it's all about how you can recover. Um, besides that, you know, I just try and keep it easy and breathe. Fortunately, I've been I've been showing for what like 20 years now. So I don't really get too bad like competition nerves. I'm just hard on myself. <laughs> What does your husband think of the Rainers? He thinks it's way better than the Hunter Jumper world. He just likes the industry better. (laughs) Is it like a real difference in like the people that are around, like the Raining versus the Hunters? Like, do you feel like there's a different vibe, I guess, about a show? I think so. 
that's honestly another reason why I got into the reading as I was kind of burnt out and I had a bad kind of experience with some hunter jumper barns and I was feeling pretty defeated and wasn't really enjoying, you know, being in a barn environment. <laughs> One of the reasons we bought our own place is so I didn't have to deal with other people. And I was just, you know, kind of traumatized and I still kind of am from that whole thing. And it was so refreshing to be immediately invited into the whole reigning world. And I mean, Kristen was like one of the first people I met and just her kind of taking me under her wing and like showing me everything and being like so open to any questions or just like reading my mind. And, you know, everyone that I've met has been super encouraging and supportive. And that's been honestly the best part. By Kristen, you mean Kristen Tidov? Yes. <laughs> yes, I should have prefaced this episode with Kristen gave us your name and wanted us to talk about your switch because it's we don't really see that too often, I don't feel like, or not a, not a lot of people talk about like switching to such an extreme degree. But on that note, do you guys, what association do you guys usually show with or who do you, who do you, what show associations, I guess, do you support the most for the reigning? Uh, I've just been showing in the local Arizona reigning horse shows. Um, besides going to the run for a million, I haven't really done anything else. So it's just the NRHA and AZRHA that I've been showing. What about your um, Hunter? Was Colorado circuits? Yeah, I was doing the the B circuit, which is the Kaja circuit, and then a little bit of the A stuff. I just never, the B circuit there is insanely competitive. We would still have like 30 to 40 people in our classes. And most, some of them would even be there for practice for their A shows. So, and they'd only be the weekend. So it was perfect with school. I wouldn't have to take time out of school and still be really competitive, which was, and I mean, if I was doing like meter 30 jumpers and was like trying to win money all every weekend, probably makes sense to do more of the A circuit stuff, but um, didn't really need to do that in my children's three foot hunters. And Leo, um, I just show locally. I was just getting ready to ask if, um, as a hunter jumper, if you've ever been to the World Equestrian Centers, either one of those for their jumping circuits. No, I want to though. I, I'd love to have a horse that could actually hold its own. <laughs> like I said, Leo's quirky. So <laughs> I'd get a little worried hauling him all that way and then have him just decide he doesn't want to cooperate that day. So I prefer low stakes and just keep in it here. <laughs> Makes in Arizona way where less pressure. I can just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Fair I enough. love him dearly. You, He's just a little unpredictable. <laughs> you'll at least have to go visit one of them. Either one, it's they're just a gorgeous facility. I'm blessed that I live pretty close to Wilmington, so I can pop over there and see. I am excited because I'm hoping to make a trip to Florida this year and I want to stop in Ocala and see the Disney world of the horse industry. Every time I've seen photos or videos, I'm like, this place doesn't seem real. <laughs> like, how is yeah. this existing? It's crazy. Um, I wish we could have something out this way. <laughs> You'll hear so much like cool things about the place in Ocala and still when you see it for yourself, it's like you can't even, it's all, everything you thought it would be and more. It's really like out of this world. It's just Crazy. so mad. We need something like that in the Midwest here, like Texas, Oklahoma. 
maybe Colorado, you know, there's yeah. enough there too. So yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Have something like that closer. So you do photography as well, right? Yeah. Is that what you do yeah, full time or is that? I call it my full time side hustle. Um, <laughs> cause it's not like my main source, but it is quite busy. Full-time, I'm a graphic designer for the Equine Network. So I work actually directly on the team roping side of things. So the World Series of Team Roping and the USTRC. I do, you know, a lot of their print and media stuff. And then I also, there are two finales each year for the USTRC and World Series. I go and just shoot content. So reels photos, any B-roll that we're going to need for like the entire year for creative, essentially for that association, which is really fun. You really do touch a lot of different associations or a lot of different disciplines in the horse world, which is really cool. I'm sure you have a lot of... Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, the team roping is like a totally different... Because you're not really like showing horses, you're just like on horses. (laughs) (laughs) there's cows involved. It's like a whole different thing. And it's so fast paced, but it's really cool. It's been a great learning experience. Is that what you went to school for was like marketing and stuff? Yeah, I got my degree in graphic design. Um, It's just a bachelor's of arts, but I've always, I've been working in the graphic design field for the past five years, but I just started with Equine Network about five months ago, which has been just an absolute dream because who doesn't want to work in the horse industry? <laughs> I mean, without being like in like shoeing or training, but <laughs> where you can sit at your desk and air conditioning horse <laughs> side of the world. So have you covered the World Series of Team Roping event yet? Or have you Not yet. This will be my one. first okay. one. Mm-hmm, yeah, because yeah. I started in April. So I kind of got shoved right into the U.S. finals first. But then I'll head out to Vegas here in a couple months. So it'll be good. It's really fun to get down there. You're familiar with South Point now, at least from the run for the million. And yeah. How's the facility there? It was nice. I actually, I actually really liked it there. Um, I hadn't stayed at South Point before or really visited. I went and watched the run for a million last year, but we didn't stay at South Point. But I did enjoy it there. And it'll be nice. I'm kind of bummed that they don't have like rafters that I can climb up into to get coverage because that was a lot of fun at the U.S. finals. I spent like a couple hours up top getting a bunch of reels and photos. So I'm kind of bummed I can't do that. But I'll figure somewhere else to get creative. Is that what you enjoy about doing like the marketing side? You can be creative and find new ways to promote an event and stuff like that? Yeah. I just can't do anything too monotonous. (laughs) So I love being able to just go out there and have a good time and just create all this fun stuff. It really fuels my soul. So with your photography business, do you ever feel like you'll branch out and do any freelance type of work along like with the marketing creating ads or anything like that? Or do you foresee yourself staying with the equine network for a while? I like being able to have my photography business and my full-time job separate. I think I would be way too stressed out (laughs) if I had to rely on my photography all the time, because it is nice if I get burnt out 
I can, I can just not schedule for two weeks and it'll be fine because I still have my full-time job that I can rely on. And I really do enjoy like working with a company and like creating this kind of stuff and seeing all my things like kind of out there in the world. Like I get the magazines and it's like, I designed this 20 page spread and it's so much fun to see, which I wouldn't usually my photography, or at least maybe I had the photos in it, but not the design. So it's, I really like having the separation. It's a nice balance because I can go and be creative for me and my clients. And then it kind of refreshes me. And then I can be creative for my company without feeling kind of trapped within the company's box, I guess. I mean, they kind of let me do whatever I want, but you know, creating for a company and creating for yourself and your clients is kind of a totally different thing. So I think they balance each other out enough. I would be interested to, if you could just describe the run for a million event, it seems like it's growing in popularity every year. Like, you know, what I saw the coverage on Facebook this year was, I mean, it was like everywhere. And I know there's all seemed like half the people on my Facebook friends list were going out there to watch the finals, the main event and everything. Mm -hmm. So for somebody that's actually been there in person, what's it like? for you? It's super fun. The environment is really like none other. I mean, I haven't been to the futurity or anything and I hear that's kind of wild. Um, I'll have to go someday, but it it's high energy. It's exciting. Like it's almost like being at, you know, the Super Bowl. (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's a fun event that brings a lot of people together. And I was able to see, you know, friends that I, that live in different States and we're able to get together and there's a lot of shopping and, you know, it's a exciting sport and they're making it a lot of fun. There's concerts. Yeah. It's a good time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, did you have a favorite shopping spot while you were there? I kind of browsed and bought everything. <laughs> <laughs> My credit card probably should have been taken away from me. Um, but the, they also have like good deals and stuff too. So you're like, why wouldn't I save like $50 on a pair of jeans? <laughs> this makes sense to me financially. <laughs> Can't pass I'm saving up money deal. in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if I buy four pairs of jeans, then essentially I'm really saving an extra $150. So it's all good. It's basically another <laughs> pair of jeans. Since we're back on the note of the run for a million, you kind of touched on your run that you had. Could you like walk us through your pattern and then like just describe to us like what you were doing and how you were doing it for any of us non rainers to understand? Yeah. (laughs) So I forget exactly what pattern it was, but we started with our spins in the middle and my horse personally gets a little jazzed in the middle and doesn't like to start from a complete stop. Um, so I just really focused on my breathing and making sure that I could start nice and smooth and put in some nice fast turns without, you know, overturn penalty. Um, I was very happy with our turns. Like those, they were probably our best turns that we had had in the show pen. Uh, we then circled to the right fast and then slow And those have been kind of a struggle point with us, but we really did. I just tried to guide him as well as I could, you know, go as fast as we can and then slow down really good in the center. That all came together 
really nice. I still think those were probably our best right circles we had ever had. Our lead change to the left um, was a little bit wiggly. I didn't cue him quite as well as I would have liked. And I think that kind of set me off just a little bit, just kind of got me out of my like getting it headspace. And our left circles weren't quite as good, but they were still pretty good. (laughs) And I was very happy with them. We come into the middle and I go to slow down and I take off my outside leg, which cued him to lead change the other direction, even though we were supposed to be slowing down. So we got a half of a lead change and then we had to, then he fully changed the other direction and then I had to change him back. So (laughs) extracurriculars. And so we come around and that all happened in my slowdown. And then our actual lead change that's part of the pattern was good. And I was just kind of like, I already knew I blew the class at that point, which was really upsetting. But I've kind of always prided myself on getting my crap together and not stopping writing and still going out there. And I'm like, I'm going to put down the best rundowns I possibly can. And so I rounded those corners and I just ran them down and tried to stop as big and hard as we possibly could. And we had great rollbacks. I swear if we just copied and flipped my right circles to my left like it would have been (laughs) the most beautiful run um because besides that I was so happy with it and I just I didn't want to give up on myself I was like I can't let this get to me because it's not going to be productive to go down there and you know not give it my all in my rundowns just because I had this mishap in my circles like I gotta go go hard still doesn't matter (laughs) That was three strides ago. Got to go forward. Perseverance is always like so hard sometimes when we get, you're like counting on everything to get this right. And then, you know, writer error and we, you know, get in our own head and just pressing on from that is sometimes tough. So that's definitely awesome that you were able to get past it and just keep, keep doing your thing. When you're talking about doing like the rundowns and stuff, what goes through your mind before you're hitting the brakes? Like, is there anything that you're like, just always like, it's always on your mind when you're doing that rundown to the stop? I'm just trying to keep him, you know, straight and not cue him too early. Martini always wants to stop and he wants to stop hard. And because he's a little older, he knows when he's supposed to stop. So I'm kind of fighting, you know, his habits and trying to push him to where we're going to just get a successful timed big stop, (laughs) which is always easier said than done. But I almost try not to think about stopping as I'm running down there. And then I'm just like, oh, now we're going to stop. Is that like when you have the most amount of adrenaline is the stopping? Or is there something else that you enjoy more than the stops? I like the stops, but Martini is a really good turner. So when he can get drilling into that ground, it's a lot of fun on him too. The first time that you did any turning, did you like lose your seat at all? Or how did you, I just feel like I would get so dizzy. How do you stop yourself from like not falling over? (laughs) Well, I try and stay pretty balanced first of all, but um, I kind of pick a spot on the inside so that I don't get too dizzy. And I feel like as long as I'm not doing like 10 spins or a crazy number that I don't get too shaken up. And especially in the show pen, 
usually like the four. I don't get dizzy with four, fortunately. But more than that, and once we get drilling in, it's it can get a little sketchy. <laughs> I remember our paid <laughs> warm up that we had right before the run for a million. I think it was Martini's like first time solo in there that week. And he was like jazzed and he spun so fast. I like lost my stirrup and tried not to fall off. I just wasn't expecting it because he can be a little lazy. Like the first time you turn him, and he was like, zoom, like for charity days, I'm going to spin so fast. And I was like, I can't hold on to this. <laughs> Is it hard to keep track of like the number of turns that you're doing? I feel like it would be easy to like lose count while you're focusing on keeping the turn and your balance and everything like that. I feel like as long as nothing really goes wrong and you can just build speed, I'm usually pretty good at counting them. Uh, It's like if something goes wrong, like if they like trip or get caught up or, you know, you have to kick them off their rhythm, which is not ideal. But usually if it's a smooth build, I can keep track pretty easily maybe it's from counting strides while jumping but I was gonna ask do you think your jumping career has helped with the like the logistics of the reining like you know getting that run down and then stopping and then the turns and the counting and do you think that's helped I think it has helped with my timing especially my timing and my placement has definitely been it's been helpful to have that jumping background because it's the counting strides you're asking for lead changes at certain points because it it is very similar basics, just, you know, different sides of the coin. Jenna, do you have any more questions? I'm trying to think of some more. I would just, I'm interested <laughs> to know what your goals are for both your Hunter and your Rainer or either one of them. Like, what do you still want to accomplish with either one or both? For... My hunter, I would love to have, you know, some good shows at the three foot height. I am more of a, I'd rather do it perfectly at three foot than do bigger jumps and have it not be perfect. I'm just too much of a perfectionist that way. Um, I'd rather nail it like that. And like I said, it's so hard to keep anything fit working full time to do bigger jumps. And they're scarier. I'd rather just do three foot. You can still kind of trot that <laughs> if <laughs> if things don't go well. So I'd really love to do that and equitation. I mean, I guess the bigger goal would be to do the Ariat medal on Leo, the Ariat adult medal. That would be amazing. And I think it's attainable as long as he doesn't pull any antics. I haven't even thought too much about Martini. I'm just having way too much fun doing <laughs> doing what I'm doing. Uh, just yeah. finish out the year and maybe see kind of what next year brings. Probably try to run for a million again. Who knows? Yeah. Go get your perfect pattern. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just too, too, I'm too much of a perfectionist. That's the problem. <laughs> Be happy with imperfection, but good moments. Do you have any aspirations of having like a fraturity rainer at any point in the future? I think it'd be cool. Um, it's it's really hard to say being so kind of new to it. I even think when I got Leo, I had like this whole plan and then things didn't go to plan. And I just had to kind of adjust. And I, I mean, I was, I still am competitive, obviously. <laughs> Talk about my perfectionism, but um, I've kind of just shifted my perspective to enjoying all the aspects. 
and just being happy with, you know, whatever I'm doing. And it doesn't have to be so much about, you know, all the accolades and however like many classes I can win or how many buckles or neck ribbons and stuff. It's just as long as I go out there and have like an absolute blast, that's really all I care about. And I can't say like competitively what I'm going to do next, really. I just, I love martinis. So I'm going to enjoy them as long as I possibly can. That's the best answer outlook. I think it's, we all need a reminder mm-hmm. of just how to enjoy the process because we do get caught up in the results. And that can be really frustrating with horses. So definitely growing up, I was results. Yeah. It took me a long time to kind of realize that when I was growing up, I was showing a lot. I was showing once or twice a month, you know, March through November. And it was a lot. And I was, I did not, I was not the best loser. Let's just say that. And (laughs) it took me a long time to kind of realize that it's like, it wasn't perfect or maybe I did do my best and, you know, the judges just didn't like my horse as much as they liked the other person's horse. And that's just the way that the sport goes. And it just took me a long time. And I think just, I guess, getting older and maturing, you're just kind of like, as long as I go have fun, you know, and ride to the best of my ability. Absolutely. Don't hold back and have fun. Surround yourself with good expensive. people too. That makes them fun. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's so it's such an expensive sport, no matter what discipline you're in, that if you're just not having a good time, or enjoying the people that you're around, it's, it's hard to want to keep continuing. And we kind of touched on that this morning, just the numbers that we see dwindling in some areas and just the industry as a whole, like losing people. And I think it's important that we bring those points up, like, you need to enjoy it, have fun immerse yourself with great people. Definitely important. Yeah. Having the best, like having a barn that's a good fit is I think one of the most important things. And I obviously struggled with my hunter, but we're, we're happier at the shows and we have friends at shows. So we still kind of get that environment um, without having like being under a trainer barn. Cause my, my mother-in-law, she'll just come and she'll coach us at the shows. and. I I've talked to my best friend about it because she has her horse at my house. So we always ride together and show together. And it's like, are we actually doing the best we can? Probably not. Like, yeah, if we had a trainer working with us every week, we'd probably be better and everything, but what our mental health and like our relationship with our horses and our mindset about showing be better. Probably not. That would, that would probably suffer. So we'd rather be not as good and have a good, good time doing it than be better and not happy about it. Yes, I 100% agree with that. More people need to hear that from successful <laughs> sure. non-pros like yourself. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, well, if you would like to um, give a little shout out to maybe your um, photography business or where we can find you or... What ways can people connect with you? That would be great. And we'll include that yeah, in the show notes I, as well. Yeah, I'm on pretty much all the social medias. Um, it's Kirsten Ziegler Photography, keeping it real simple with a super hard to spell name. Uh, <laughs> so it's just on Insta, it's just uh, Kirsten Ziegler Photo. My website's kirstenziegler.com. Uh, and you can find all my stuff there. But I'm based in Arizona, but I love to go adventure. Take me anywhere that there's pretty horses. 
<laughs> Love that. Well, we definitely appreciate you chatting with us. Um, definitely an interesting conversation about switching from such a, I don't know, just it's so night and day. I just love it. But yeah, we appreciate the conversation and hope that you enjoy it. And maybe next year we'll have another conversation about how you went and overtook the run for a million. No randomly changes in a perfect pattern. Right. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the best pr- pattern to ever accept. Yeah. You got all your practice <laughs> changes out of the way. So yeah. Right. He was just ready. I think he was ready for you. Yeah. There should just be like, a, you know, if this one wasn't so good, you can just do another and it'll eliminate the bad one. It's like a type situation. Pattern. Yep. Yeah. That'd be excellent. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank well, you awesome. for your time today. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It was great to meet you guys. I had a good time. All right, that'll be your class. Bring them in and line them up.